Sometimes you just work with the best clients, the kinds that you would happily work with every day for the rest of your life. And this episode of Sustainable Photography will get to meet Heidi Thompson, who will help you do just that. She's the author of Clone Your Best Clients, and we'll talk about how you can identify and market to your dream clients. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, a podcast all about business tips, inspiration, and confidence building. I'm Ingvild Kolnes, the host of this podcast, and after over a decade as a photographer, I now help talented photographers run sustainable businesses. And for full transparency, you should know that I'm a mentor with paid offers, and I will probably mention some of those in this episode. Heidi Thompson helps wedding pros grow their six-figure and multi-six-figure businesses without working all the time. Her business and marketing expertise has been featured in places like The Huffington Post, Wedding Business Magazine, HoneyBook, and Wedding Wire World. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you today about how we can find more of our dream clients. But before we get to that, can you just tell me more about you, who you are and your background and everything? Yeah. So I have had this business, Evolve Your Wedding Business, for, oh boy, 11 years now, I think. Yeah, it's been a minute. And it really came through an interesting journey of, I started working nonprofit events in college and organizing. I found my way into wedding planning and like working as an assistant planner, working as a planner. And I realized at that point that the thing that I really liked about the nonprofit events on the fundraising side was actually the marketing. It was getting people to care, getting people to show up, getting people to want to donate. And so I kind of took off into this career in marketing. And it was around that time I moved to the UK where my husband's from. And I still absolutely kept a pulse on the wedding world because I absolutely loved it. And I noticed an opportunity a real gap in the market where this was in 2011, which was right around the time that like rock and roll bride, offbeat bride were like really taking hold and everything that was coming out in the UK wedding space was still like this big white fluffy Cinderella sort of thing. So I decided to start a wedding show to connect people who wanted something different with the vendors that were doing that. And I found myself spending a lot of time helping those wedding pros make the most of it, you know, figure out how to get more leads from it, how to do the follow-up. And it really just kind of smacked me in the face that like, not everybody just like reads marketing books for fun. So I could really help this group of people that I absolutely love and that are super talented on the marketing and business side, because that's where, you know, my passions really lie. That sounds really interesting. I'm sure there was a need for that because people tend to spend time doing what they love. So photographers will naturally spend time wanting to be out there photographing and not necessarily doing marketing. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like nobody starts a photography business because they want to be good at marketing. It's just one of those things that you have to do in order to get clients. And for a lot of people, it's a slog and I really like making it easier. Yeah. That sounds like a good thing. So to get to know you in a different way, that kind of relates more to this podcast. I want to ask you what you think a sustainable business is. I'm really big on this. And I was really happy when you approached me to see like that this is your focus, because to me, a sustainable business is the only way to run a business. It's the way to run a business that doesn't burn you out and that feeds your life instead of what I feel like often happens is like drags you around and calls the shots. And it's like, who's even in control of this anymore? It just feels like this unwieldy outside force that's pulling you in every which direction. And that's not sustainable. I'm a big fan of ease. So if I had to sum it up, I would say ease. (laughs) What does that mean to you? For things to not feel like everything is being done by blunt force. You know, everything feels like a lot of people tell me like trying to attract and book clients feels like pulling teeth. Like, well, I don't don't want it to feel like that. I want it to feel like, you know what you need to do and you do it. And that's not to say that things don't get challenging. That's not to say that things don't happen, but if we can reduce that need to like hustle through it or like just force through it, that's the kind of business I want to have. And I want, you know, other wedding professionals to have. Yeah, that sounds like the way to do it. Definitely. But you also wrote a book, Clone Your Best Clients. Yeah. Can you say something more about that? Yeah. So that came about when I had developed this process of looking at, okay, who are your best clients? Who is it that you wish you could clone and work with over and over and over again? And how do you get more of them? So I developed this process. I was working with my clients through it. I do it myself. And I realized, okay, if I put this in book form, it can reach a lot more people. It can be just so much more accessible and able for people to implement. So whether, you know, someone decides to come work with me or not, they can go implement this process and have a way of strategically looking at those best people that they've had. And, you know, that's not necessarily like highest revenue. It could just be who you enjoy working with because, trying to go for more ease here. Let's not make Mm -hmm. life difficult. And how do you build your marketing to be an absolute magnet for them? So that was really the whole idea behind that. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea for sure. And right before we started recording, I was saying that I think this is such an important thing to talk about because you have those clients that you just adore and you just can't get enough of. And then you have those ones that are just like, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to work again. The ones that make you question all of your life choices up until this point. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So what is it about making sure that we are figuring out who we want to work with that is so important? Well, I think the logical approach to this, and anytime you talk about ideal clients with anybody, you have to get over this weird logical hurdle. 
that surely if I want to attract more people, I should get in front of more people. I should appeal to as many human beings with a pulse and a credit Mm -hmm. card, (laughs) you know, as possible. And it is very counterintuitive, but that's not actually what you should do because we all have limited resources. We all have limited time, limited budget, even huge corporations like they have to decide how they spend their budget to get the most out of it. So we're looking at how can you get the best return and you can get the best return by positioning yourself as the go-to person for your ideal client. And then really what happens is you don't silo yourself off. This is what everybody thinks happens. And I totally get why, because it sounds like, of course, that would happen. But what actually happens is you become sort of a lighthouse for your people. So they can see you from like far and wide. They seek you out. They want to work with you because you're you and the way you do things, as opposed to wanting to hire you because you're a photographer, you're available, you're cheaper than everybody else. So it really gives you a competitive advantage and it allows you to become a magnet for your people because I know, again, it feels very counterintuitive, but you want to repel the people that aren't right for you. You want to repel the people that you don't want to work with because by doing that, you are strengthening the attraction of, you know, people that really love what you do and love how you do it and want to work with you because you're you. So counterintuitively, it makes the whole marketing process so much easier because you can't market to everyone. Marketing at its root is psychology and you have to understand who you're talking to. And if you're talking to everybody well, nobody agrees on anything. Like, let's be honest. So if you are coming out with an opinion, if you're coming out with a stance, if you're coming out with a particular style or way of doing things, there are inherently going to be people who don't like that. And that's okay because you're not wasting your time, your energy, your money marketing to those people. Yeah, I agree. And I think like when you've been doing it for a long time, you're bound to come across people that you don't really get along with and you are bound also hopefully to come across people that you just love like we talked about before but what if someone is maybe quite new or maybe just hasn't had those bad experiences and it's kind of hard to make them see that it is a good idea to narrow things down because I often talk to photographers that are like oh but I like everyone I get along with everyone and I want to work with as many different people as possible what would you say to them? Couple things. So every business exists to solve a problem. Whether or not we think of it that way, all of us are in the business of solving some sort of problem. Are we like solving world hunger? No, it, but it doesn't mean that we're not solving a problem. So you have to think about what is the problem you're solving for your people? What is the problem you want to be solving for your people? And they have to care about that. You know, if someone doesn't really care about documenting their wedding and they're hiring a photographer to make their grandma happy, you know, that is a very different situation than someone who is really passionate about 
having this particular style and uh, you know, this album that they can show their kids and their grandkids, it's like super high quality and makes them feel a certain way and not have like, you know, super posed old school, like what our grandparents wedding photos look like. If someone doesn't care about that, I mean, I, yeah, I, you can work with them, but you're not in the business of solving that problem. And we all, you know, utilize businesses that maybe we're not the ideal client for, and that's okay. Because what I see this as is more of a dartboard. You have your bullseye, you have your perfect person, but then you have the rings outside of that. And a perfect example that came up in my membership with an officiant was she was 100% positioning herself as the officiant for couples who are first generation, they're Hispanic, they might be Cuban, they might be Mexican, but they have a grandma who is very Catholic and wants that brought in. And they're not really super into that. So how do we balance this? How do we make this work? Well, she started attracting couples who were in that same situation, but they were Muslim. They weren't really religiously Muslim. They were culturally Muslim, but mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, these particular things were really important to them. So she was solving the same problem and she was appealing to them and they would have never found her if she wasn't like, hi, I solve this particular problem. And when you're just starting, I mean, I look at everything in marketing and in business in general as an experiment. So I think it is beneficial to come out with a hypothesis of this is who I think I want to work with. I may be wrong and that is okay because I can change this later. I may hate these people. That's fine. (laughs) And I am going to work on attracting and booking those people because it's really, really difficult, near impossible to try to appeal to everybody because then you just kind of blend in It becomes very bland. Your marketing isn't really saying anything. It isn't attracting anyone. It's just like, hi, I'm here. You know, I'm available. And that's how you get into a situation where it becomes more about price. So you absolutely have the right to change, you know, your ideal client, to change that hypothesis. If you're like, yeah, you know what? We got the results back from this experiment and I don't like them. So I'm going to change this. You are well within your rights as a business owner to do that. And to and I think that's where people struggle. They feel like they're locked into this and you're not. Like you might get sick of these people in five years or 10 years. You may develop a whole different style. You may completely change your business model and that is okay What makes the difference is being able to identify, okay, now I'm solving this problem for this person. So my marketing is going to focus on that so that they see that I'm the person for them. Yeah. And I think you touched on something very important that I think it's good to note is that just because you are figuring out who your most ideal client is doesn't mean that you have to or that you will turn away everyone else. It's not like, either or, but maybe you can say something more about that because I'm sure you've come across the same kind of objections to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
it's pretty rare, honestly, that somebody gets a hundred percent of the inquiries that are like their absolute perfect person. We're always trying to like increase that, of course. But you know, if someone inquires, if you're available, if it seems like, hey, this is a good fit, you're not my like perfect person, but like you seem okay. Yeah, sure. I can do this. Great, book the business, but what the decision is, is do you put that in your portfolio? Do you put that into your marketing? Because that is the thing that really attracts and generates who you know you want to bring in. So you have to make sure that's really focused. But no, it doesn't mean you can't do literally whatever you want, you know, in your business. You're just not shouting from the rooftops about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been doing weddings for most of the time. I've been a photographer and I don't think I've ever advertised anything except for weddings and elopements. And I've still gotten like newborn inquiries and a lot of family shoot inquiries. And it's just like, just because I only talk about one thing doesn't mean that other people aren't going to be interested. And just because I like to talk about one kind of wedding doesn't mean that other people aren't thinking that they want to work with me too. And that means it's more my call who I say yes to. Yeah. And it's really funny. Right before we got on, I got a message on Instagram. I'm teaching a workshop. And someone was like, does this apply to family photographers? I'm like, yeah, it does. I didn't come out and say that, but yeah, 100% it does. Yeah. And I think that's something... I think it has to do with mindset and like scarcity mindset, thinking that I have to make sure that this will appeal to most as many people as possible. If not, I won't get enough bookings. And I just think it's not like that. And I think it's the other way around. And of course, I'm sure you think the same because it's what your your whole book is about. But what can we do to make sure that now that we've identified the right person for us, how can we make sure that that is the person who wants to work with us too? The Sustainable Photography Program is opening back up this fall and I would love to have you. No matter if you think that your business isn't doing as well as it should, or if you think that your business is already doing pretty well, you can do it better and I can help you get there. In the Sustainable Photography Program, we go through everything you need to turn your business around to focus more on the things that make it unique the things that make you want to keep doing it so that you don't have to work long hours and just get really exhausted. The fun part is that we do it together. You're in a group setting, so you don't have to figure everything out on your own. So be sure to sign up for the waitlist. Go to englishcolonist.com sustainable to check it out and sign up for the waitlist today. So if you've worked with this person, and if any of you have worked with someone who you love, you wish you could clone, you wish you could work with over and over again, write down their names, identify who these people are. That is absolutely the first step here is we're not starting from, you know, a blank slate. We're starting from, I want more of these particular people. And then this process really works in two parts. The first is the sort of internal review of, okay, I've identified these four couples that I really liked and I want to work with over and over again. What is it about them? 
that I really loved. What are they like? Who are they? And it's really important to identify who are they as actual human beings, because in the wedding industry, we can fall in this trap of talking about people as if their identity is a role that they play on one day of their entire life. That's not how it works. And it's important because your values and your identity influence how you make buying decisions. Like there are companies we buy from, companies we don't buy from because of our values, because of what's important to us, because of what we care about. And the same thing, you know, applies. So you have to understand, okay, who are they? Who actually are they as people? If I had to describe them to a friend and say, oh, this person's coming to meet us for drinks later, how would you describe that person? That's a really good way to get into thinking of them as people and not as a demographic. Because when you figure out what makes someone tick, it's a lot easier to market to them because you understand what they really care about. So I like having that internal approach of just really thinking about these people. What were they like? What things do they have in common? What things make them different? And sometimes the thing they have in common isn't the most obvious thing in the world. Maybe it's a personality trait. Maybe it's a thing that they care about. But typically there's something that kind of underpins these people and who they are. And if you put them in a room, why they would all get along together, why they could all have fun at a party together. So that's the first piece. The second piece that I'm going to push your listeners to do is to actually go talk to these people, because that is the most underutilized data source of absolute gold that we have in our businesses is simply talking to the people that we loved working with to learn more about them so that we can improve our marketing in order to attract more of them. And it sounds scary. And I'll give you guys the questions to ask. You'll be able to grab that in a download. But it is so fun to get to talk to these people because these are people that you actually like. So you get to have a conversation with them. And yes, you can do this through a survey. Yes, you can do this in other means. But I really like being able to speak to someone, to hear them speak about something because we edit our writing. We don't edit the way we speak. And you can get their perspective and certain things that they say and just pull it out and use it directly in your marketing. And like I said, it is absolute gold. I do this as well. I'm going through the same process in my business right now. And I had a call with a previous client and had a few things that were like, oh my God, I never thought of that. Yeah. I need to be talking about that more. So this interview process, while it sounds a little bit daunting, a little bit scary. It is just mining for absolute gold. And you know, for a fact that your marketing will line up with the people you want to attract because you're using their exact words. You're using what they told you as opposed to what you thought. And I see that a lot Most people who join my membership, the Wedding Business Collective, when they go through this process, they have an idea of what they think their people care about. 
And it's always wrong in some way. It might be kind of close, but it's not really connecting. It might be way off. Like I had a planner who she thought naturally people cared about time and stress and they didn't. They cared about, I want to have an Indian wedding with, you know, the traditions that I like, but I want to infuse it with my personality. I've been to my sister's wedding. I've been to my brother's wedding. I don't want to go to the same wedding for my wedding. And once she made that shift in her marketing, all of a sudden these people were lining up to work with her because you just have to bring your marketing into alignment with the problem your people actually want you to solve. Yeah, that's really interesting and such a good idea. But what about someone who don't feel like they've worked with their ideal clients yet? What can they do? So I would say same sort of thing. You want to base this on a hypothesis. You want to base this on who you think your people are and then do the research that you can do. So if you know anyone that you feel like fits this mold, you can talk to them. You can look at what other brands are doing that appeal to this particular person and they don't have to be in the same industry at all. Like, where does this person buy their clothing? Where does this person buy their groceries? Like, how are these places talking to them? What does their marketing look like? What are they really emphasizing? And then looking at, you know, can you effectively snoop on people in any way, whether that's in like Facebook groups to see how people are talking about a particular problem, a particular frustration or struggle. You know, there are some, depending where you live, there are forums, like there are a lot of places where people are publicly talking about the things that are frustrating them. And you can pull that information as your version one. And then as you get those people, okay, now we talk to them and we base it on them. Then next year, we pull a few more people and we base it on them. So it continually gets sharper and sharper and more specific to that person you want to work with. Perfect. And the people who are listening to this podcast is, they're generally working with all kinds of different photography. So, and very often they're not just working as you know, a family photographer. Maybe they're both working with families and they're doing weddings. Maybe they're doing families and weddings and branding. Should they do this with each of these different offers or is it is once enough and then you know what you need to know? I would because it allows you to kind of subdivide your marketing and the way you're talking about it. So I would say if you can talk to a couple people from each area that you specialize in, you're going to get a lot of information that's going to help you, you know, with the copy on your website for that particular page, with your marketing of that, because really what you're doing is you are either marketing to multiple different ideal clients or you're marketing to the same ideal client at different points in their life. So what's going through their head is different. What they would tell you when they just got married versus what they would tell you, you know, when they're having a family shoot that's important to them is going to be completely different. So I would say if you can do a few of these for each segment of your business where you have a different audience, that is extremely helpful. Yeah. 
That's great. And what about, you must have seen some mistakes that photographers are making when they're trying to figure this out when it comes to their ideal client and marketing. What are some common things that you see happening again and again? Oh boy, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Making assumptions is probably the top one of, I don't need to ask about this. I don't need to talk to people. I don't need to delve into this because I already know the answer. And to that, I would say, if you think you do, put it to the test. And then either you were wrong and now you have the right answer or you were right and you have just backed that up with data and you can be so much more confident in your marketing going forward because it's actually backed by something and not just the way that you feel. So making assumptions and staying in those assumptions is a really, really big one. I said that's probably the biggest one. And then falling into feeling like just because someone told you something in one of these interviews that like, that's how you have to shift your business. You get to decide what you take from these and what you're listening for is motivation. You're listening for why did this person make this buying decision? You know, why did you decide to spend $10,000 on this thing or $2,000 on this thing? If they tell you something that's like way off and you're like, okay, I'm just going to throw that data point away. That is totally fine because what you are listening for is, okay, what can I plug into my marketing? What problems, what frustrations, what fears can I really speak to? And if you're hearing over and over again, Like, I was really concerned that I would feel stupid during my shoot and that I would look weird and not know how to pose because I know that's often how I feel in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. Addressing that in your marketing is going to do wonders for getting those people past that, like, oh, do I want to do a branding shoot? It's going to be uncomfortable to then feeling like, no, I feel like I'm in good hands. I feel like this is a good idea. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. But figuring out who you want to work with and really like identifying them and getting all the talking with them and figuring everything out, that's the first step. And the next one is to make sure that you're applying everything you've figured out to your marketing. How can we do that? Yeah, so what I like to do is if you're doing calls with people, you can get them transcribed super cheap. I think that is the best way to work with this information because it's really easy then to go through and highlight things and identify, okay, how did they describe this buying motivation? How did they describe what was important to them? And then you want to identify all of that. So you have to comb through, highlight, copy and paste into different places. And then you want to pull all of that together in it could be, you know, a Google Doc, it could be a sheet of just, this is how people talk about this. This is the language I need to use. So then you go through a process of what am I doing right now? Am I using this language? So you want to go through your website and look at, okay, how am I positioning myself? Do I need to change the way I'm talking about what I do, how I help, who I serve? to better align with the exact verbiage that you got from these. And 
don't edit it if you can help it. Because the way someone who has no familiarity with photography talks about photography is how your ideal client thinks and talks about photography. And what I see a lot actually with photographers is that peer-to-peer language that literally nobody but photographers understands. And you're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. I just, I want to feel this way in my photos. And if you convey that in the copy, I would say, start with the copy on the pages on your website, on your homepage, on your service page, those are the most important places. And then wherever you're marketing, I would make sure that these are the themes that you're talking about in you know your Instagram posts, in your Pinterest pins, in your Facebook posts, like whatever you're doing, making sure that, okay, I'm actually talking about what I do in terms of the way that my ideal client talks about it. And that I'm addressing, like I was just saying, for a brand photographer, you could create so much content around that feeling of just awkwardness and you feel dumb and like you want good photos for your brand, but it feels just super awkward and weird. There's a lot of content you could create around that and addressing how you fix that and things that people can do and things that people can think about. That's one specific thing that, you know, you learned in this process. So you want to look at how can I, in my marketing, really hit on these themes that I found, the things that people said they really did care about or they were really concerned about or maybe almost stopped them from booking a session. And then making sure that that is a thread that is carried through all of your marketing. And it gives you a reason to show up because you're actually talking about something that people really care about, that they want to know more about. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter where you do your marketing. This would apply anywhere. Yeah. Okay, cool. That makes sense. So there's not like a time frame or anything like that, because it all depends on which platform you use and how you do it, basically. Yeah. And when you say time frame, do you mean like how often you're doing this process or? No, I just mean more like how long it would take before you start seeing results. Oh, gotcha. That can be actually really quick. Really? Yeah. I have seen people make changes on their website and then immediately start getting more inquiries. So really it's the speed at which you can make some changes that really makes a difference because we all have people coming to our websites every day and they're making a decision, you know, whether to do something or not. Well, if they come to your website tomorrow... And the messaging is different and it lines up more with what they need to hear in order to buy, you're probably going to get more inquiries directly just from that. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you have any success stories that you can share? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot. There was a photographer I worked with last year and she was in an interesting situation where her husband is in the military. So she has to move every couple of years, which is super, super frustrating and not knowing, you know, where she's going to end up. So she did this work and got really, really focused on her ideal client, started booking them like crazy, 
in her current location. She's based in Arizona. She is moving, I think, in a month. And she has still been able to line up so much work there. And because of like climates and things, it's very seasonal. So she gets to just book like a month of insane work. And she can just travel now to this place where she used to live, stay with a friend, do this work, come back home. And she's really, she's feeling great and like really confident about being able to pivot her marketing to this new market because everything is the same. The people are the same. The person she's going for is the same. The only difference is, all right, I am going to write a blog post that optimizes for this city name versus this city name. And that is literally the only change she has to make and start, you know, building her vendor relationships as well. But she can go into that being able to say, hey, I work with this kind of person. Who do you work with? And very easily and quickly make those kinds of connections. So even when you're in a situation where you have a lot of change in your life, a lot of change in your business, it speeds up the process of the right people to you, even if you're moving, you know, across the US, which is no small task. Yeah, that does sound stressful, but it's really nice that this can help with that as well. Because as you say, like, you'll have to do a lot of the work over it. But then again, a lot of it will stay the same. And it's going to save you so much. Yeah. And she gets to be like, really focused, like, okay, I know my ideal client. These are the venues in the new location that line up with my ideal client. These are the planners in the new location that line up with my ideal client. You get to cut so much just extraneous stuff that you would do because you're just so focused on the person you want to attract. Yeah, yeah. And you can build your portfolio as well based on what you know that your ideal client wants to see and what they don't want to see. (laughs) Yeah. Are there any limitations or anything that can stand in someone's way if they want to test out this process? I think the biggest limitation is yourself in this process because we all do this thing where we don't want to, you know, get uncomfortable. We don't want to do things that are new. And you learn so much in the process. I've never had someone go through this process and been like, I regret doing that. I learned nothing from this and I wasted a ton of time. That has never (laughs) happened. (laughs) So I think, you know, it's one of those things that you invest the time into. You have to convince yourself it's worth investing the time into, but this isn't something you're doing all the time. You're doing it maybe once a year and you're just connecting with a couple of people and getting the language you need and refreshing your marketing. But the way I would encourage anyone to think about it if they're thinking about time is how much time it's going to save you because it's going to tell you what marketing activities are worth doing and which ones aren't worth doing based on your ideal client. People ask me all the time, like, should I advertise here? Should I be marketing here? And I get to give the super annoying answer of it depends because I don't know, are your people there? If your people aren't, on Pinterest, then no, don't do that. It's just going to be a waste of your time. And we get to cut all of that stuff. And I love just being able to like push all that stuff off our plates and know that you are saving a ton of time 
by being really, really intentional. So I'd say biggest limitation is yourself and actually doing it. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. I have a whole section in my program as well about finding your dream client. And it's like, it takes a lot of time. And I think it can be really frustrating because it's like, I kind of know, but then I don't really know. And do I really have to do all this stuff? And do I have to talk to people? And it's really hard and I don't want to do it. And when you get to the other side of it, though, it's just going to be so (laughs) worth it. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like a one-time thing or a once a year or once a two year. Like I do it anytime I am feeling stuck, which is great because it's such a fast way to get unstuck. You know, people are telling me exactly what I need to know and now I can go run with it. So I actually see it as a shortcut. And I think, you know, your audience will too, once they start going through this and seeing just how much time and effort in just like randomly throwing spaghetti at the wall, it saves them. Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right for sure. So if the person who's listening right now is like, I need to do this, I need to figure out how I can get closer to my dream client, what's their first step? So I would say download the workbook. So I've got that for you at evolveyourweddingbusiness.com slash sustainable photography. And that's going to give you the questions to ask. How do you even approach people to ask these questions and then pulling it all together? So you don't have the excuse that you don't know how to do it. I'm giving this to you. You know how to do it. You can go do it. So I would say that download is your first step. And then just setting aside some time in your calendar to actually work on this. And this could be, you know, an hour, two hours a week over the next few weeks. It doesn't have to be this all-encompassing thing that like, you know, you hit pause on everything else that you're doing. This can work into your life. It can work into your business and your schedule right now. And I mean, progress is more important than perfection. So if you're learning a little bit about your people and it helps you book 10% more, like that's a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you recommend doing to build a sustainable business? Quit doing things that don't matter. And I know... (laughs) That's a good one. But the things that matter are different for different people. So the things in my business that like really have an impact that really move the needle. If I really wanted to just do those things, I could probably work an hour or two a day, quite frankly. Like we all have those things in our business that have an outsized impact. And then we have all the other stuff. So looking at how can you do more of the things that do really well for you and do less or just quit entirely the things that you're doing because you feel like you need to do them, you feel like you're supposed to do them, but you're not actually getting any results out of them. So I like to just look at data for that. You know, if you haven't gotten anyone from a particular place you're advertising, got it. If you haven't gotten anyone from a particular place where you're marketing, you can cut it or you can change how you're doing things. So we're not consistently just doing more and more and more and adding more to our plate without ever removing anything. I think that process of removing the things that don't work, the pruning is really, really important. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think saying no to things and stopping doing things is just so important. Yeah. And it's funny, like we tend to just pile on and pile on and pile on and we never stop to think like, wait, why am I spending, (laughs) you know, three hours a week on this thing and an hour a week on this thing? Like you could just clear that time. Absolutely. It's so true. And I'm sure that whoever is listening is wanting to keep learning from you, Heidi. So where can they go? Yeah. So my website is evolveyourweddingbusiness.com. I have a podcast as well that you'll find there and you can find out about my membership there. And I am most active on Instagram. So if you want to shoot me a DM, I am always excited to get DMs and just chat this kind of stuff with people because it's the stuff I nerd out about. So my Instagram handle is evolve your wedding business. And I'd love to hear from you and how you're going to apply this. Perfect. I will be sure to link to all of those things in the show notes so that you're easy to find there as well. Thank you so much. This is so much fun. I love talking about this and hopefully making the lives of your listeners a little bit easier. Oh, I'm sure this was really good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You just listened to an episode of Sustainable Photography. Please share this episode with a photographer you care about. 